Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. That sure was a game. Football happened. Football's back. Welcome. This is some bourbon on the rocks. Let's do this. Um, what a absolute horrendous way to start your run it back, the push for three to start the dynasty. And quite frankly, you have some culprits. And I get it. It's a team game. But what it comes down to is Andy Reid's play calling in short yardage situations time and time again. Hey, maybe it's just me. Maybe I would give the ball to the greatest human being on the planet in short yarded situations instead of perpetually giving the ball to uh, earmuffs kids. Fucking Blake Bell. You know, yeah, maybe stop doing that. Every single team knows it's coming. Stop it. And if Tony didn't have cinder blocks tied to his hands, if Sky Moore didn't eat a whole bunch of buttered popcorn like he's in the longest yard before this game, this was absurd. An absolute masterclass of how to blow a game. Give the Lions credit. I will give the Lions credit. They played a hard-fought game. They had a game plan. They stuck to it. They were ballsy. They went for it on that fake punt early in the game on their own 20. But my goodness, the Chiefs wide receivers let this team down. Andy Reid let this team down. I'm not saying it's doom and gloom. I'm not saying the season's over. When the Chiefs did this to the Patriots, what happened? The Patriots ended up winning the Super Bowl with that game over the Atlanta Falcons, a 28-3 game. The season is not lost. Let's have some real glimmer of hope here. This is an NFC opponent, okay? For all intents and purposes, this was as good of a loss as the Chiefs could have possibly had. But I am frustrated. I am upset. That is not the way to start a banner-raising season. Joe, to you. So we saw some things that we've never seen before tonight. We saw some things we have seen before tonight, both equally frustrating. For the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, we lost in, in week one. For the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, we didn't score at least 33 points. Something we've seen quite often is an extremely cute trick play on third and one or fourth and one or anything like that or a whole abundance of second down, halfback dives up the middle, that style of play that, I mean, like you said, you have the best player on the planet. Utilize him in those situations. We're better off at third and 17 and letting Pat throw it than at third and one because we're going to give it to Rasheed Rice on a jet sweep or something like that. We've seen that time and time again, and that's one of the main problems that we've all had with with Andy Reid. And there haven't been a lot of them, but it's a significant one that keeps popping up. And if you would have told me that we would have held the Lions to 21 points and lost, I would not have believed you. 14 points. 
14 points. Yeah, you're correct. Because the defense, the defense, Kadarius was, outstanding. Gave the defense him seven. was outstanding. Yeah, Kadarius I mean, Tony gave him seven. You're right. You're right. <laughs> if, if you're Chris Jones, I get the last drive with, with them running the football. Ch- teams have always ran the ball against the Chiefs, even with Chris Jones there. Okay, the Chiefs' defense was outstanding. If you're Chris Jones that are agents, they have to say, bleep this. They give up 14 points against a top five offense last year. Come on now. Um, before we go any further, two quick things I'm going to hit on. Andrew R., thank you so much for the super chat, man. Uh, it says Absolutely. F, Tony. I'm going to say, we can't say what that means. I'm not going to be disparaging towards a player. So I'm going to say frankincense. Uh, he's talking about frankincense. He's a big fan of the smell. That's what he's going for, I'm assuming. Um, he needs but, some smell and salts after that game. Something uh, and also, before we go any further, I know this is not the time. No one's going to be happy, but we actually have a thing to make you guys a little happier, hopefully. Points Bet Sportsbook running a new betting promo uh, for new users. Sign up and place a $50 bet to receive a $150 promotional credit at fanatics.com. Even if that bet loses, you will still receive the $150 credit that you can use to purchase a new jersey of your favorite player. I'm assuming it's probably not going to be a wide receiver. Uh, to claim this offer, go to arrowheadaddict.com slash bets by scanning the QR code on screen by clicking the link in the description. Sign up for Points Bet through our link and make sure you receive your $150 $150 credit. That's arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets. Offers available until September 18th to new customers with 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remain able to remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. All right. Do you want to go with the negatives? Do you want to go with the positives? Do you want to go with uh, coaching? Do you want to go with wide receivers? Uh, I'll let you start this, Joe. Since I've done my rambling, I'll let you get uh, something off your chest here. Well, for for positive, Wes points out in the chat, I guess Kelsey's probably going to shave the mustache now. Said to keep it till we lost. But otherwise, there weren't a whole lot of positives in the second half. Uh, most of it was was negative. The it, it seemed like if I were playing some kind of Mad Lib game and I was to throw in like just all the crazy things that would happen to cause a loss, like you have a holding on a big play, you have a tip pass. You have two balls go through Tony's hands, another one that he should have caught even though it was behind him. Sky Moore almost catching on a fourth down. The Lions getting the ball with five minutes left and us not touching again. Like, if you were to just make up all these scenarios, everything is is what happened. And credit to them, Dan Campbell outcoached Andy Reid, plain and simple. Never see that happening when, when Andy Reid comes off of a bye or tied to prepare. Butker made a couple field goals, so cool. But that, honestly, that is, is kind of part of the problem as well because – there were there's the fourth and two, there's the fourth and three that we could have gone for it. And we kicked field goals against an offense that we know is going to be aggressive and try to hold the ball. And then instead of going for it, then we put ourselves in a situation where we're going for it on a fourth and 15, which if any of the scenarios, if you were going to kick the ball, that one made the most sense to at least try to hold them on that side of the field. I just got to, it really felt like we got too cute and it felt like we were overconfident and, I'm not overly worried about the season, but there needs to be a reality check for sure heading into next week. Yeah, and by the way, I see people saying give the Lions credit. I did. I don't know if you guys missed the very beginning of what I said. I said the Lions, they they deserve a lot of credit. I'm happy for their fans. Man, I have no ill will towards any Lions fans. They've done nothing wrong. The Lions are an easy group to root for. They're fun. They're entertaining. They're on the up and up. They're in the NFC. Uh, Happy for them and their fans. Uh, They're a solid team. They won in the trenches, right? They have a top five offensive line. Aiden Hutchinson Mm -hmm. was absolutely outstanding. I will say, you mentioned coaching. If you want to learn a little something about what they 
they did and the Chiefs didn't do. They moved to Aiden Hutchinson inside a lot against Trey Smith. He just demolished Trey Smith. Juwan Taylor was getting away with whether you say getting away or not. Lane, J- uh, Lane Johnson does it. I always say if the refs aren't going to call it, well, then guess what? It's not a penalty. You, you use the gray areas in football to your advantage. Juwan Taylor uses the gray areas to his advantage. Okay. Um, you know how Jamar Chase and, and T Higgins, they, they sometimes get called pu- push off merchants. Well, if they're not calling it, it's not a push off. Juwan Taylor wasn't false starting because it wasn't called. Okay. If you want to say he was getting away with it, fine, but it's not a false start if it's not called. And so they moved Aiden Hutchinson to the inside. And what happened? He demolished Trey Smith. He was a game wrecker. The Chiefs got beat, man. They got beat. And it comes down to third and short, fourth and short, kicking two field goals when you, grand scheme of things, fine. But you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, and you don't trust him to get two yards. But then I look back and say, well, you don't trust him on third down and and two anyways because you're going to put freaking Blake Bell back there. I just don't understand the Chiefs' game plan. I'm seeing play Justin Ross. Justin Ross didn't get a huge opportunity, made a huge catch late in the game. You're (laughs) like, all right, it's a Justin Ross fourth quarter. You know, kind of, kind of on that though. Some of the the players that we were missing, I felt like, where where's McKinnon at? I, I thought coming into this game, we'd be use, utilizing him a lot more. He had the reception on Pat's very first completion, never to be seen again. And we we had those quick plays to Clyde, a lot of action for Pacheco in the screen game. Maybe it's because they don't trust the wide receivers, which, uh, frankly, after that performance, other than Rasheed Rice, the only guy who didn't drop a pass, and Justin Watson, I, I understand that. But some of, the, some of the play calling, it really felt like they thought they were playing Madden on All-Pro or something like that and that they didn't have to actually put forth the best effort. It, it did not seem like they put the foot on the gas. There were training wheels on the play calling the whole game yeah. until, yeah. until 4th and 25. I misspoke earlier, 4th and 15, so 4th and 25. And so a lot of questions. I will also say, I get what people are saying. Yes, Juwan Taylor pretty solid in pass protection because he was getting that early start. But it also was a huge tell. I mean, Chris Collinsworth was talking about it as yes. well. On that run play, you know it's a run because he's not doing that. This is mm-hmm. something the Chiefs are going to have to take a, a good, hard look at. Donovan Smith uh, looked extremely good, in my opinion. But what did I say? He's going to look great, but the penalties will still be a problem with Donovan Smith. What happened? A big penalty in a big time moment. I love Donovan Smith not saying that it's not a good signing for Kansas City, but you're going to have to live with this. You're going to have to understand this is part of his game. He has been a heavily penalized uh, player, not just last year, but throughout his career. I think Donovan Smith had a great game outside of that one really bad penalty. Mm -hmm. In regards to the Chiefs offense operating without Travis Kelsey, the most noticeable, noticeable part outside of the drops Okay, that's not changing with Travis Kelsey back. Those wide receivers are still the Chiefs wide receivers. I wonder what ISM's up to. You know, Amir Smith-Marset, you wonder if they could have uh, used that guy right now, but let's not. Can we get Nico off off IR? (laughs) Can we get him back? And and your man, Richie James, nowhere to be seen. I know he catches the ball. I know he catches the ball. He doesn't drop. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. 
and it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But, but my question is, when plays broke down, the only guy that really made stuff happen, uh, Rasheed Rice here and there, was really Justin Watson. Mm-hmm. You that to me was the biggest loss of Travis Kelsey in this game was when plays break down. Who are the Chiefs going to look to? Mahomes had time a lot of those scrambles. He had a lot of time. No one was getting separation. No one was coming back to the ball at times when he thought it, people were going to. There's going to be a learning curve here. There is, isn't it? and it looks like it's going to be a bigger one than I originally anticipated. I came into the year believing this was the deepest wide receiver core, even though it was honestly the most proven that we've had. And I, I come away f- feeling like I really wish we would have traded for DeAndre Hopkins or signed DeAndre Hopkins or something like that. And the I, I don't expect Kadarius Tony to have the worst game of his life every single week. Kind of reminds me of the Bengals losing to Cooper Rush in week two last year after not playing any of their starters in the preseason. Like, you're rusty, okay. I don't expect him to drop that many passes, and he was open on them. But for all the concerns about how bad the, the the wide receiver group was, this did absolutely nothing to assuage him. Yeah, and what's interesting is I can't tell as far as outside of the short yard situations, which, again, were abominable. Those were horrendous. The play calling was fine. They can't account for 12 drops. Like, if you're a play mm-hmm. caller, you're sitting here, Kadarius Tony's wide the bleep open. That's what Sky Moore, that fourth and 20, hit him in the hands. I mean, at, at some point, you got to sit here and say, all right, we had some good play calls. The wide receivers just can't catch the rock. Uh, I'm going to talk uh, and hit on some of these super chats. I appreciate everyone for these super chats. Thank you guys so much. Uh, one from Pumpa B. Sterling, remember you saying Sky better than Pickens? Hmm. That that one that that one that Pat floated a little bit too high for for Sky. My first thought was that George Pickens is definitely tall enough to leap up and make that catch. Like sometimes genetics gets you, and they got him on Sky there. Hey, hey appreciate you, Bumpa, for that re- uh, reminder. Uh, Daniel, appreciate you, man. Says Mahomes made some great throws. The drops hurt. Need to pay Jones. Held Detroit to two offensive scores, which should get a win. Welcome back, AA. Welcome back to the chat, Daniel. Appreciate you. Uh, Rhett says, when you're in the bottom third in spending, this is what your wide receiver core looks like. That's fair. Uh, I think they're trying to build it a different way, though. They're trying to build it through draft capital. They're trying to build it for control for long term. They didn't want to go out and pay Odell Beckham Jr. money to a middle wide receiver, right? They weren't trying to pay that money to Juju Smith-Schuster. They thought they could spend a second rounder on Sky, a second round on Rasheed Rice. They have a former first rounder in Kadarius Tony. They thought that this would be enough to bolster over time having the OTAs and training camp to get gelled. Didn't work. We'll see. It's one game. We're obviously overreacting now because all we have to go off of is one game. So that's kind of where we're at. Let's see a full season play out before I'm going to start calling everyone a bust. 
Uh, Andrew R says Andy Reid has issues calling the Chiefs wide receivers on the phone. The calls keep getting dropped. Andrew. Andrew, Andrew, love that, man. Uh, And then Joey Valdez, appreciate you, man, Uh, says Burrow has Chase, Allen has Diggs, Mahomes has, we can't say Kelsey because he's tight and not wide receiver. I think it's a little unfair. I get what you're saying. Travis Kelsey's still that, right? No one's confusing Dawson Knox for, you know, a legit wide receiver one. Travis Kelsey, you can confuse for. Travis Kelsey is the wide receiver one, even though he's a tight end. I get your point. But still, that that is his main target. The drop just can't happen. Well, and I think that a lot of the like what we, if you were signing storylines, what we had thought coming into to this game based on the wide receiver core, Tony, when he's able to be on the field, spectacular, makes plays all the time. That didn't happen. Sky Moore said by Brett Beach himself, taking a major leap forward. He's gonna be really involved and have the juju role. It's certainly what I personally thought. That didn't happen. The I mean, Justin Watson being the deep guy, sure, he worked. Justin Ross, barely involved. Richie James, not involved at all. Marquez Valdez-Scaling had one catch. Everything that we thought about the receivers in terms of taking a step forward, it did not happen through week one. And that is concerning, particularly in Tony's case and particularly in uh, Sky Moore's case. Rasheed Rice and, and Watson were the only two that I come away. Like, okay, you at least met expectations or in Rice's case, see them. Mm. Patrick. You were at the game. Talk to us, buddy. Apologies if we have a bad connection. I'm in the car. Deepest wide receiver group in the NFL. And by deepest, I mean deeply, deeply shitty. They can't catch. They lost that game, not because Chris Jones, because they can't fucking catch. Unbelievably horrendous melt by the Chiefs. They deserve to lose that game. have whooped on those guys. And uh, they couldn't move the ball because the receivers can't catch. And the only thing that they're they're almost as bad at as catching is getting open. Nobody was open. I had the all 22 view. Those guys, Sky Moore, I know it's just a voice in the darkness. Sky Moore blows. <laughs> I would say couldn't get open, couldn't catch the ball, didn't do anything. <laughs> The whole game. I'll drink to that. Um, hey, Patrick, how many drinks deep are you right now? How many drinks deep are you right now? I'll join you, Patrick. That's not important because Junik didn't do. I didn't drop my beer a single time during this game. What, what's the over-under, Patrick, of wide receiver drops versus Patrick drinks? I All right, I think Patrick's connection's a little wonky right now. Patrick, we're, we're going to have to pause for a second, Patrick. Your, uh, your, your connection is, uh, is brutal right now. But, man. I'm taking Patrick. Uh, I don't understand where the Chiefs can go from here at wide receiver because we went into this year saying they're not bad, they're unproven. And I don't want to overreact over one game, but, again, one game is all we have to go off of. All we have to go off of is a one regular season game. And that one regular season game, they pretty much all look like a bunch of bums. This is what other fan bases were, were saying, saying this Chiefs wide receiver group has no one proven. Their best wide receiver is MVS, who has never gone over 700 yards. And I kept trying to push back saying, all right, but just because you're unproven doesn't mean you're bad. No one gets a chance until that chance is given to them, until they go out and do it. You know, Randy Moss wasn't Randy Moss until he got an opportunity. T.O. wasn't T.O. until he got an opportunity. And I thought, all right, I'm not saying any of these guys are going to be Hall of Famers, but we should see something from these dudes. The lights were too bright. 
The lights were too bright. I, I, I truly believe, especially that last Kadarius Tony drop, that was alligator arms. That was a man who was scared. That was a man who I've already had a drop turn into a pick six. Don't bleep this up. What did he do? Earmuffs. He fucked it up. Then immediately after that, we have the the Sky Moore long catch and Donovan Smith penalty. It, it was a lot of guys that we expected to take a step up that when the lights got bright, just like I expected the Lions to kind of shrink a little bit, being under this kind of pressure for the first time, our new guys or the guys that we needed to step up did or did not, that they, they shrunk. And where you go moving forward, obviously Kelsey is very important. Honestly, I think the solution is for Kadarius to catch passes and, and Sky Moore to turn into something or else our offense is going to be evolving and we'll use McKinnon more, I expect, because if, if you go a few more games and you can't trust Sky and you can't trust MBS other than the deep passes, then I don't really know where else you go other than scheming up Kelsey and McKinnon and then a lot of Pacheco. And it looks like we're very willing to use him in the receiving game this year, at least based on that evidence. But otherwise, I mean, the the wide receiver misses and the McCall Hardman and the maybe Sky, uh, they start to look a lot more glaring on Brett Veach's resume. Uh, that's the position he's been weak at. Yeah, I mean, you go for McCall Hardman in the second round. Rasheed Rice, obviously, very, very early. We're not going to call that one yet. Uh, and I don't even want to call on Sky Moore. Again, he's entering his second season, but but it's not looking good. When you're looking at what he has done, the two spots Brett Veach has missed on has been wide receiver and edge. And Cardaloffis looks nice, right? And FAU is, is, is we don't know yet. But in his tenure, defensive line and wide receiver have been about the two positions Brett Beach has not hit on. Those are two very important positions in today's NFL. Uh, It's great when you hit on Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round. It's great when you hit on some offensive linemen. But in today's NFL, you have to get someone who can get after the quarterback. You have to get someone who can catch the fucking ball. Uh, And Brett Veach has struggled in that aspect. And it's it's a little ironic in that sense, too, in that – you know, the guy that we had that can catch the football, you know, that like essentially Travis Kelsey, if he were to theoretically want to ask for more money, I feel like his value went up tonight, whereas Chris Jones stayed the same or went down. It's just an inverse of what we expected coming into it. The defense showed out, the wide receivers let us down, and it looks like we need Kelsey to stay healthy more, more than we originally anticipated. Oh, Andrew back in with the uh... – <laughs> With the great puns, Andrew, thank you again for the super chat. Chiefs wide receiver's favorite song, Snoop Dogg's Drop It Like It's Hot. My biggest issue, quite frankly, including wide receiver drops, including everything, Andy Reid's play calling in short yarded situations. Agreed. We have seen, that, we have seen this too many times. We saw it in the preseason, and I said, you know what? I'm going to take a step back here. Andy Reid's not going to give us his actual play calls in the preseason. That's just what they're going to do. Because Colin Saunders was licking his lips that Saints game. When Blake Bell got over center, they knew what was happening. Well, they did the exact same thing again. Blake Ball, Blake Bell, excuse me, actually had the defense offsides. But because he's not a legitimate quarterback, he played a little bit in Oklahoma at QB because he has not legit in the NFL decided, hey, screw it. I'm not going to snap it. I'm not going to get the free five yards in the first down. Let's wait a second. Let's wait for the defense to get set and then get stuffed. Like how many times do we have to see the exact same play, the exact same scenario play out before Andy Reid says, you know what? We're better on third and five. We're better on third and seven. Fuck it. We're better on third and 17. At some point, just run these short-yarded situations like you're in a third and five. Just throw the damn ball. 
run the damn ball. Do anything besides what you are currently doing because it cannot be worse. The only way that you would give the ball to Blake Bell in a situation and to run these cute plays is if you weren't confident in your ability to pick up the play regularly. Like in rookie of the year, Henry Warren Gartner, when he lost like his powers and had to do all the trick plays and the underhand toss, he did that because he sucked at playing baseball. Pat Mahomes doesn't suck at playing football. He can get you one or two yards if he's got two shots to do it. I don't understand the philosophy. You're coaching like you've got Jimmy Garoppolo behind there or Mac Jones or someone worse. You have the best player, and it's something we've seen repeatedly over time. And for it to show up in a moment like this where we – especially coming after the first half where we had an opportunity to go up two scores and we rushed the ball, we used Clyde on second down – we're just not – we weren't aggressive enough. And I, I'm putting the blame on Andy. If I were to evaluate a first game of, of Nagy's tenure as offensive coordinator instead of Eric Bieniemy, it is not a good grade. And as much as I think that Andy's the one calling the plays and making those decisions, we're 0 for 1, buddy. And we'll see how Washington does this weekend. But uh, uh, it was really a poor start for Nagy. I'll put it like that. Yeah, dude, it, it's okay. I, I have no issue with the play calling, quite frankly, outside of those third and shorts, but that was the same thing Which last is important. year. No, I get it, but we did the but same I'm thing last year. I'm with you yeah, overall. Yeah. Overall, it was fine. I'm not going to blame Matt Nagy, just how I wasn't going to blame uh, Eric Bieniemy last year. End of the day, this is Andy Reid's team. He's the one in charge. He's the one that calls the plays. We, we know all this stuff. Uh, a couple of super chats to get to. Ryan Wisman, thank you so much. Uh, says, why I was afraid of us being skinned alive in free agency. I assume that's in regards to the wide receiver market. Jimmy Anderson says, no winning without Kelsey, and he's old. It's over. I ain't going there, man. Nah. I'm not going there. Let's not overreact completely over one game. Uh, Rhett says, what's so difficult about QB sneaks or normal rain plays on short yardage? That's a very good question. I've been asking the exact same thing. When I was at the final day of training camp, we were there – Talked to Patrick, and Patrick even said in a big game, if it's the Super Bowl, he might have to call his number. Mahomes has talked time and time again how he actually wants to put the QB sneak back in the playbook. It's not his decision. It's not his decision. Coaching staff will not let Mahomes do a QB sneak. That is the information that we have gotten from Mahomes himself. So I'm with you. They should bring that back. And then you bring up another good point. Why not just use a normal running play? Don't get it. Love Andy Reid. One of the best offensive minds in NFL history. Yet on fourth and two, he acts like his quarterback is Matt Schaub, uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Like, I don't I don't understand this. He, he just completely shits the bed. He acts like he's Matt Patricia when he gets into a third and two. I don't get this. I don't get it all either. And it's, it's almost as if we should we should plot and and try to lose yards on second down, which I guess running running on second down kind of makes sense in that sense. But it, I really hope that, especially going into next week against the Jaguars, that we reevaluate the strategy in those short yardage situations and in those moments. Because when you face teams that look at the way that the Lions won, they can control the clock, keep the ball out of Pat's hands. I mean, that's the recipe. And everyone knows it. And if we don't have the wide receivers that catch the football, we don't have the aggressiveness to go forward in short yard situations, we might find ourselves in the situation again. Um, I like this from Shane. If you want a little bright side here, thank you for the super chat. Look at the bright side. Harrison, butt kicker, is back, is back baby. And I said that going into this year, Butker's going to be back. 
He's going to be the second best kicker in the NFL, just behind Justin Tucker, like he was before last year's injury. Uh, Harrison Bucker, if you want a jersey, I see Jimmy Anderson. Nobody wants that jersey. Get a Bucker jersey, baby. He's back. There you the go. He's back. <laughs> Rasheed Rice well, looks good. Get his jersey. <laughs> I, I was talking to Nick Lowry, uh, Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker, right? So he's been here. He knows this. He had a major ankle injury at some point in his career, and talking to him was. It takes a long time, man. It's not just the physical, but it's also a little bit mental. You have to learn to trust that again. Bucker had the entire offseason to get right, to get healthy post Super Bowl, which, by the way, huge kicks in the Super Bowl. But he's back, man. I, I'm all back on Harrison Bucker being uh, who he was prior to last year, the healthy second best kicker in the NFL. Yeah, I get it. The positives aren't great, you guys. I mean, shoot, going into the game, honestly, when we were trying to figure out if Kelsey should play or not, the evaluation was if there's a game that he's going to miss, it's okay if we lose to the Lions because they're an NFC team, we get him healthy. The only real negative would be if we lost someone significant to injury. That's a big positive. We lost. It sucks. But we get to go into a fresh slate against an AFC team. Like we didn't lose ground in a potential number one seed race other than just having a loss. So that's a, that's a positive. That's a win. Our defense, honestly, until the very end, uh, I was impressed with. That's a positive. Mahomes still looks like a king. And we'll figure out the rest. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Seth Floyd. We have a Lions fan in here. But I appreciate the super chat. Appreciate you hanging out and appreciate you being pretty, pretty kind in here as well. Say so just a reminder, everyone, that Tony was a first round pick. I'm a Lions fan and I'm going to enjoy this win by drinking some nice tequila. Congratulations on the win. Congratulations to Lions fans. Um, you enjoy the tequila. We got some nice, nice bourbon over here. But congrats. <sighs> We're upset with you, but congrats. <laughs> What's funny is I find myself finding hardly any fault in the defense. You give up fourteen you give up fourteen points. Sands Chris Jones. No Charles and Minahu. Legarius Sneed is coming off of an injury. You play with fire. You played well. Give Steve Spagnola a lot of credit, by the way. Spagnola drew up a phenomenal mm-hmm. game plan for the majority of this game. He was working with the hand he was dealt, and he surprised even us. He wasn't sending Drew Tranquil in a ton of blitzes. He no. sent Nick Bolton at times. He sent Willie Gay Jr. at times. He was sending everyone else than who you would expect. Spags called a hell of a game. End of the day, it comes down to the offense. Tony having a ball, perfectly thrown ball, right in the breadbasket, pop out, pick six for, for Branch. Congratulations to Branch, a rookie. Has to be a pretty cool uh, feeling for him. Well, and hope he's all right after that non-contact, too. No, nah, it, it was a cramp. He should be good. Oh, he's good? Okay, cool. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So okay. I had no issue with the defense. Zero issue with the defense. What it comes down to is you spend all this money on the offense. You have all this money with Mahomes, all this money uh, with the offensive line. And then you choose not to trust the offensive line in short-yarded situations. You choose just to completely say, hey, we're going to pretend like we have the 32nd ranked offensive line in the NFL. You gave them all this bleeping money for a reason. You drafted them for a reason that high, and then you don't use them. Again, I'm not trying to say the sky is falling, but again, all we have to go off of is one game. Sky's dropping. Sky's dropping. dropping. I'll tell you that. Sky Moore did not sky for the balls that hit his fingertips. That dude does not have any sort of vertical. George Pickens does. It's a sunk cost. (laughs) It's a sunk cost. George Pickens is not on this team. We can't keep going back to this. (laughs) Justin Ross has the height. Against another team next week in the Jags that has 
an offense on paper similar, in my opinion, better than the Lions that can attack in a lot of the same ways, like the intermediate level of the field, control the running game. It's going to be a similar matchup, and we've got a lot of adjustments to make. And I'm really curious to see, because again, Spags called a great game. Jags are going to see what he did, make adjustments. Peterson knows as well as anybody how to make adjustments. So that I, I, the look ahead line, I was trying to, to check if we were if we were still solid favorites like we were prior to this game. But the Jags have a blueprint now, and and it's and it's on Reed. He's got the extra rest, I believe in Andy Reid. I believe in Mahomes. I, I hope we get Kelsey back because that's a huge matchup, particularly if we're going to have the AFC Championship game in Kansas City again this year. Uh, super chat from Rhett right here. Thank you again. Appreciate you, Rhett. Says, this was the Lions Super Bowl. They dumped G-Raid on their coach, and they had fans in the stadium watching the game. Good luck with golf. Man, I'm not going to go that far. I, I kind of joked about it. You know, this is the Lions Super Bowl, that stuff. But think back to 2017, okay? Think back to 2017. The Chiefs were playing the Patriots on the NFL home opener. Kareem Hunt fumbles the first ball. But what happened after that? The Chiefs punched the Patriots in the mouth and kicked their ass. Mm -hmm. And then it was no looking back from there. I will say, if you want a little positive here, remember how the Chiefs kicked the Patriots' ass that season? Patriots made it to the Super Bowl that year. Okay, so it worked out okay for them. If you're a Chiefs fan, it's going to work out okay here if we're following Mm -hmm. the same storyline. But the point is, Detroit Lions were trying to prove a point. They were trying to prove that, hey, we were not just a second-half team last year. We were not just a team that's a feel-good story. We are legit. And the Chiefs tried to do the same thing in 2017. And I get all the excuses of no Chris Jones and no Travis Kelsey, but this is the NFL. You do not want to hear excuses. It's not excuses. It's just results. And the result of this was the Chiefs weren't good enough on tonight. Tonight's game, they were not good enough. Too many drops, bad play calls. Dan Campbell, can't believe I'm saying it, outcoached Andy Reid. That is what it came down to. We, You and I both play golf. Sometimes you're hitting them out of bounds. Sometimes you're chunking them. You don't have it. Tony, uh, you know, like I said in the chat, he played great in the Super Bowl. He's been great when he's on the field. He had a bad game. It happens. Sometimes you don't have your swing that's in the right spot. Your opponent hits a really nice shot like Dan Campbell did, goes for it early, main, keeps the pressure, runs the clock out with five minutes to go. Sometimes someone plays better than you that day, and that's okay. And, and I believe in us moving forward, but we do need to get to the driving range. <laughs> uh, Jalen Butler, dude, appreciate He's been a member one year. Appreciate your one year, man. Hey, Congratulations. Awesome. Congrats to Jalen. Happy anniversary. Uh, says, I enjoy the game minus the loss. A lot to look forward to this season. Would love to see the Lions in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Lions-Chiefs rematch wouldn't be too bad. I actually had a caller on uh, radio last night. Maybe he's, I don't know, a philosopher because he said the Chiefs were going to lose to the Lions but beat the Lions in the Super Bowl. Well, he's halfway there. Congrats to that guy. Uh, And then Jimmy says, the point proven was without Kelsey, you don't win. I'll let you handle this one here, Joe. Appreciate the super chat, Jimmy. Do, Do you think that this is enough to say without Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs can't win? No, because it took... More drops than I can count on my hands, and it took a comedy of errors at the very end of the game. I mean, if, if Donovan Smith doesn't have that penalty, then it's very possible that the drops don't even matter. Everything that could have gone wrong, other than injury, seemed to go wrong in the game. So I don't think that without Kelsey, we can't win. Mahomes clinched the AFC West in December 2021 without Kelsey. We Kelsey 
has had games where he hasn't been hugely impactful and we've won. This is just a situation where we didn't make the plays when we needed to make the plays for lack of concentration, lack of preparation, lack of strategy, whatever it is, it didn't happen. But we can win without him if something were to happen. It's just a lot harder. Yeah, uh, I like this from Michael in the chat right there. Steve, without Kelsey, the receivers must catch yeah. the ball. It's what it comes down to. Noah Gray had a couple of nice plays. Again, this was a glimpse at life after Travis Kelsey. If you're looking at this glimpse, it's not looking good. Noah Gray wasn't the issue. Noah Gray had a couple of nice plays. That one rumble, stumble, bumble, uh, like, like a, a graceful gazelle slash rhino going through a china shop was very impressive. But again, what it comes down to is you have to be creative. You have to be different. And the Chiefs were not good enough in tonight's game. Play calling, I think, was fine outside of the short yarded situation, which is, again, a very hard thing to overlook. Okay, you're not judged on what you do in first and second down. You're judged on what you do in third and fourth as well. You can't be good on half the downs and just forget the second half. They were brutal on third and to an extent fourth because I think they should have gone for it a couple times mm-hmm. on those fourth and twos when they were in uh, deep in Detroit's uh, side. Didn't do it. It happens. And it's part of knowing your opponent as well in that sense. And I really want to see a more aggressive game plan next week, particularly in those situations. If we're in a game where the other team can control the clock for so long, you have an aggressive coach on the other sideline like Dan Campbell. He's likely to go for it. Even that third and 10 play that they threw to Josh Reynolds that Trimman Duffy caused the fumble in the first half, that looked like they were going to set up going for it on fourth and short. Doug Peterson is going to employ a similar strategy. He's an aggressive coach. And I hope that we recognize it and play to our opponent's likely strategy moving forward because that's the kind of stuff that gets you beat by teams that you shouldn't lose to. Dude, I love all the trolls in the chat. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, it makes me laugh. I mean, we've given the Lions so much credit tonight. We have Bengals fans in this in this place. We got we got Broncos fans in this place. You know when I'm you know you're, you're on top. Cheers to you. You know what? Yeah, cheers. Cheers to all you other fans mm-hmm. being in here. You know when you're on top when you just won the Super Bowl and every other fan base comes because they're trying to they're, they're they're praying on your downfall. Happened for about twenty years with the 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 Patriots. Get ready for the Chiefs dynasty to reign. This is one game. Y'all acting like a game in September means the Chiefs ain't going back to the playoffs. Folks are acting like the Chiefs losing one game by 1.2. What's going to probably be a playoff team by one point on September 7th means the Chiefs are cooked. This is the Chiefs without Travis Kelsey, without Chris Jones. Maybe Chris Jones is gone. Maybe Travis Kelsey's gone. How many times do you think a pick six off of a receiver's hands, just just perfectly thrown ball right there, like a little baby, that a safety's going to come up Make a great play, great play by Branch. Very instinctive, one-handed catch. No, no, no disrespect to Branch. Score a touchdown. How, how many times a week is that going to happen against the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, so, sometimes the other team drops a ball and you run it back for a touchdown in the Super Bowl and you get a ring. Sometimes the team drops a ball in week one and you start out 1-0. I think we'll turn it around, but it's a rough start. The, the, the ball just didn't bounce our way. And, and – we didn't trade the capital that we traded for Tony. We didn't put the investment into him that we have to expect him to drop passes like this. It's not what he's been his whole career. The question is if he can stay healthy, not if he drops passes. I don't expect it to be a problem moving forward. <laughs> we, do, we do have a couple more uh, chats in here. Do you want to shout out, uh, 
Shout out to Andrew R. as well, who is looking ahead to next year's draft. The Chiefs should draft – oh, I, I, I'm familiar with this guy. Stonehands Featherstone from Texas State. Go fighting armadillos. I do think Stonehands Featherstone would fit right in, so we appreciate that, Andrew. I love this because – it's really fun to see the other side of this. As a Chiefs fan, we have never seen the other side of this. I'm 29. I love Lynn Dawson. I will be this month. Let, 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 let's be real. I was not alive to see Lynn Dawson. I don't remember those glory days. The Chiefs are in the glory days right now. Mm-hmm. And why I say this is fun. Group of Chiefs fan, Tyler Thigpen, Brady Quinn, Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton's one game still is just imprinted in my mind. But hear me out. How often did you hate Patriots fans? How often did when the Patriots started off the season two and two, two and three, when Brady looked bad? How many times did you, me, and the national media, how how many times did we say, is Brady cooked? Are the Patriots washed up? Is Bill Belichick over his head? And then you look up, oh, oh shit. It's the Patriots in the AFC championship game yet again. Chiefs fans, this is what it's like. You lose one game, folks coming out of the woodworks, praying on your downfall. Is Mahomes overrated? Is Andy Reid too old? Can they do it? It's September 7th. Surprisingly, I just, I don't know if you guys know this. Didn't know if you guys knew this. It's interesting. The Super Bowl is not played September 7th. The playoffs aren't. September 7th, it's going to be okay. We've got a long ways to go. And I remember that Alex Smith performance over the Patriots because I was sure Tom Brady's career was over. And then he won two or three more Super Bowls. So as, as, long, as, as long as we don't have the worst wide receiver drop game that we've seen in some time, and as long as we don't make consecutive massive mistakes in a row in the most critical part of the game, and as long as our, other than Mahomes, best offensive player and best defensive player miss the game, then we'll be all right. If all of those things happen at the same time, we might lose by one point. One of my favorite comments I see right here. Let me see if I can find this. This was really good. Uh, it says it's different. Mahomes has not played a playoff game on the road. You know why? Because he fucking dominates, dude. Like, you know why? What, what do you want? He, he, they, they're the one seed in the AFC. You know what? He's going to say, you know what? I want a challenge. Put me on the road. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Things fall their way. The tuck rule, deflate gate, things fell the Patriots way. And guess what? They still won. Those championships, those banners still still hang up there. Whatever your thoughts are, doesn't matter. I have a lot of respect for Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots. I have, I have no ill will. You use every little advantage you can to win. Man, I've talked to a lot of people in the NFL. I've talked to some folks that have some behind-the-scene investigation knowledge. They're, they're Every team does exactly what they can try to do, everything possible for an advantage. They try everything. Patriots got away with it, and those are those banners still hanging? Oh, yeah, they still are. It is what it is. I just don't understand all these, all these people who are so angry, so upset, praying on the Chiefs' downfall. It's because they're scared, baby. It's because they're scared. Uh, another super chat from Brian. Appreciate you, Brian McCollum, right here. It says, congrats to all the, can't say that word. Uh, as I said to my kids, was this loss in January? It doesn't matter if it isn't in January, baby. Wake up call. Good call. Good call, man. It's, it's, it's a win that you have now. And holler at me in January if a win then feels the same. 
Because I mm. promise you those those February wins feel a little bit better than these week one wins I remember from the Alex Smith game. Uh, what I will say is one of the more underrated aspects, we, we touched on it briefly, not just Travis Kelsey – and Chris Jones, let's not touch. Let's not touch on Chris Jones because we we don't know how that's going to happen. We don't know if he's going to be here. If it's week eight, if he gets traded, we have no we have no knowledge there. Everything we have told, it's not close. Okay, and they keep saying that it's been what ten days, a week and a half since they've talked. It's not close right now. But what I do want to bring up is Charles and Minahu. Mm-hmm. Charles was supposed to be the big free agent signing for Kansas City, a defensive lineman who can swing inside and outside. He's going to miss six games. Now, I've said I'm not worried about the Chiefs' defense for the first six, seven, eight games of the season. If they're bad, well, that's to be expected. We've seen that in a Steve Spagnuolo offense. Not only that, you know, there's a lot of new pieces. The the defensive line, they're going to go through this this feeling out period. I don't have a ton of a ton of faith. I'm nothing against FAU, but in a rookie edge rusher being a legit bona fide starter. We saw it with Karloffis last year. We saw it with Aiden Hutchinson last year. Yeah, he had three sacks his first game, then did nothing until the second half. We saw it with Kayvon Thibodeau. But I think Charles and Minahu being missed this game and for the next five weeks is actually a pretty big storyline as somewhat flying under the radar. Absolutely. And the team that we have today is obviously not the one that we're going to have in the games that we're really going to remember and think about injuries you know barring injury getting chris jones back by week eight getting a minute back especially how good he looked in the preseason he looked dominant when he was on the field rushing from the inside and not that the pass rush was an issue tonight but just adds another feather to our cap and in my opinion the the biggest improvements that i want to see are Obviously, the the wide receiver drops, the strategical things that probably aren't going to change on the short yardage situations like we talked about. But I I do want to see more out of the linebacker group. They came alive in the second half a little bit. Uh, Nick Bolton blew up that play call and got the tripping penalty. Drew Tranquil, I didn't see a whole lot of. And not that the, the Lions really destroyed us offensively, but late in the game when they needed to run out five minutes, they could. And those are some areas that I want to see improved because I'm just expecting the offense to be better because it's impossible to be worse. It's the first week one game in Mahomes history that we haven't scored at least 33 points. It's probably not going to be that bad moving forward. And if yeah. it is, then we need to re- <laughs> reevaluate some things. <laughs> All right, welcome hey. back. You made it. We're glad you're home safe. Nobody's ever gotten out of Arrowhead faster. That was okay. impressive. It was. Like Arrowhead to, to Overland Park during the show. Oh, how'd so, you, who, who'd you bribe? Right. It was uh we had a good parking spot. So like I said, they can't catch. That's the reason they lost the game. <laughs> Nobody could catch. Uh, the, I, you know, I hear COVID is on the rise, but I'm, I feel really relieved to know that none of the chiefs receivers will catch it. Um, <laughs> seriously, like they, the defense was silver lining. I thought the defense was sensational. Played really well. Carl Loftus was great. Trent McDuffie was great. Michael yes. Dennis stepped up. FAU had a couple quarterback hits. They were batting down passes like crazy, making plays. I mean, they got they got Kadarius Tony. Um, our our buddy uh, Zach Best, his dad was calling him Cadaverous Phony. It was rough. It was a rough game for Kadarius Tony. I'm I'm gonna go listen to I listen to his music sometimes on Spotify. I'm gonna go listen to some of his old albums tonight and see if I can draw some inspiration. I hope we get something fresh out of him soon. Cause that 
I love Tony. I love his talent. It's about as rough of a game as you can have. I, I think he'll improve. Uh, I was saying earlier, it reminded me of, like Joe Burrow and the Bengals coming out so last year after taking the preseason off the starters at least. And I hope that that's all it is. A uh, couple of quick super chats to get to. One from Jalen says, I still hate the Patriots. Let the trolls roll in because the Chiefs will adjust. I, uh, I've eased up on the Patriots, man. I respect I, I have a dislike of the Patriots, but I have a, a fond respect. Any team that can do that for that extended period, they have my respect. Uh, T-Chains says, uh, we don't have any good wide receivers. Rice was solid, though. Hey, appreciate you for the super chat, my guy. Always love seeing you in the Discord. But I don't want to be all doom and gloom. You know, I, I, it's been one game. We, we've, we've been pretty angry, mostly with the wide receivers. But we can't be praising them throughout OTAs and training camp where we see them day in and day out. And then all of a sudden we see one game and we're sitting here saying they're all a bunch of bums. Like, that's just disingenuous. They just were tonight. They just mm-hmm. were tonight. Like, it doesn't – look, the Chiefs are going to figure it out. Like, they're really good. They're, they, they've had rough stretches before. Last season, early in the season, the offense struggled a little bit when they had a lot of new faces. They had to figure some things out. I'm not worried about that. I will say I think part of the reason they struggled was, and I I, want to see the numbers on this, but anecdotally from the stadium, they were rotating guys in so much that it sort of, you were like, man, how is like, because I wanted to see the receivers. So I would call them out. I'd be like, okay, there's, you know, it's MVS and Tony and Sky. Oh, here's Rasheed Rice is in. And it's just like, how is Pat supposed to get into a rhythm with these guys? Like he, he doesn't have, Kelsey, so he doesn't have his number one guy to go to. And he used to kind of trust Juju. Juju was his, okay, my my other outlet guy, my receiver. They rotated so much. I think a little too cute. I think they tar- I think he targeted 12 different guys in the receiving game. Like he needs a couple of anchors that he's used to. The, the one who was out there, it seemed the most to me was Sky Moore. And he just, you know, again, this is anecdotal. I wasn't watching him every single play, but when I was. He wasn't getting open, um, and he was he was struggling a little bit with with the drops there at the end. So it's it's tough, but you know what? Kadarius Tony doesn't miss that that ball like either of them, and they win the game. You know, if he doesn't if he doesn't tip the pick six and he catches that ball at the end, the Chiefs are going to kick a field goal, Harrison Bucker field goal, and win the, the game in the end. So as poorly as they played, if you're looking for a silver lining, I think if you're a Chiefs fan, I think you got to say, you know what? They could not catch a cold. They didn't have Chris Jones. They didn't have Travis Kelsey. They're playing a team that everyone thinks is a playoff contender, and they lost by one point. So I, I'm looking at the uh, – I curious. I just looked up the snap counts. So MVS led wide receivers with 20. Sky Moore was right after him with 19. Rasheed Rice on – or excuse me, in the first half, rather, in the first half. And then this is something that I'm really curious to see as we move forward in the season. You talked about Travis being the trusted, uh, the trusted target. Rasheed Rice in 12 first-half snaps had four targets. Like there was a concerted effort to get him involved, and I really expected Sky Moore to be the the juju role, like that trusted guy. But especially in the first half, a guy's first action, you know, he gets the touchdown, obviously, but getting four targets on twelve snaps shows an indication that they at least want to make you part of that trusted circle. So I'm optimistic about about Rasheed Rice, and I hope that they continue to do that moving forward. I'm excited to see that, uh, especially if Sky continues to struggle, like you said. Uh, super chat here from Jalen. Welcome, Pat. 
So welcome here, Patrick. I've never called you Pat before, and I, I don't I don't like it. Uh, you, you're not a Pat to me. You're a Patrick or a Patty. Like if I call you Patty, I feel comfortable. That's that's me with you at the bar after like I don't know uh, five or six Casey beers. Um, but he, he goes on to say, "I'd give KT a pass because he helped give the Chiefs a Super Bowl win. It's Week One." As far as overreactions go, Patrick, we've talked about it. I've said my piece. I've said, hey, all we have to go off is, is this one game. I understand the overreactions, but also, you know, it's week one. It's all we have. We have no other finite finite information to go off of in 2023. Super Bowl year happened. It's over. The Chiefs won. You're rocking the patch. I'm rocking the shirt. We get it. They won. But it's a new year. How much overreaction, especially at wide receiver, is going on right now? I, you know, look, fans are emotional. We don't like to see our team lose, especially as Chiefs fans. Chiefs don't lose very often. So it's hard when it's a game where you feel like they, they kind of just shot themselves in the foot. I mean, look, hats off to Detroit. They, they, they played hard. That was a crazy environment. It was the loudest I've heard Arrowhead in a while. And they – they stood tall and they didn't buckle under the pressure and they made some mistakes themselves. But I look, fans are going to, they're going to panic because as you mentioned, small sample size, it, it doesn't matter if it's the middle of the season, the end of the season, when the chiefs lose people panic, they get, they get hot, they start fighting in the, in the Twitters and the comments and all that stuff. But I think history's on Kansas city side. Andy Reid won every year he's been in Kansas city. Patrick Mahomes is sensational. Travis Kelsey probably could have played in this game, but they were cautious with him, and rightfully so, because this is a marathon, not a sprint. Chris Jones is going to be back. Charles Amenahue is going to be back. The young guys are going to be playing better as the season goes on. So this was an unfortunate loss for the Chiefs, but we may look back on it when all is said and done and think about it like we thought about the Colts game last year, where it was just like, ah, we should have – we should have won that game, but we didn't. And at least they lost to a quality opponent this time. And I will always point this out. The Chiefs lost to the Colts. They still won the Super Bowl. End of the day, that game does not matter in the slightest. Like, if the Chiefs end up going, first off, even making the playoffs, this game doesn't matter. This is an NFC opponent. This does not affect seeding unless you have the same – like, this is so far down the list of importance. As far as just a general fan perspective, as far as a looking forward perspective, this is all we have to go off of. But as far as an actual how much does this game matter, this is about as far down the list as you could possibly have. That's what it comes down to. I'm happy for the Lions. I'm happy for their fans. They've not been relevant in since Barry Sanders was there. I mean, let's let, let's be real now. I mean, Nirvana, Allison Chains had just released Jar of Flies, the EP. You know, not even, it, it, Dirt came out and then Jar of Flies. Like, Allison Chains was in their prime, okay? And that's when the Lions were relevant. So let's, let's let them have a little fun here. We saw you and me, Patrick. We met at, at Joe's, the OG. Lions fans were packed there. They did a great job at Arrowhead, too. I'll give them some credit. Oh, Lions fans were cool. They were. I didn't, I didn't run into a single, you know, douchey Lions fan the whole weekend. But but in the, the day, as we were saying earlier, I want to get your thoughts on this. Super Bowl is not won September seventh. This is a long season. Can you give us some positive outlooks as far as the Chiefs are concerned? Yeah, I mean, I, like I already said, um, you're going to get Chris Jones back. You're going to get Travis Kelsey back. You're going to get Charles and Menahue back. 
you've got Andy Reid, you've got Patrick Mahomes. Like these guys are, they're going to win a lot of games this season. And right now you saw a team that looked like it could have used a few more preseason snaps, particularly on offense. They've got a lot of young, talented receivers that I think that they're really excited about. And it just came to be a confluence of, of drops in this game. And we look, we saw it with Rasheed Rice in the preseason, right? He couldn't catch. And, you know, sometimes the nerves take over. I will say one thing, and I know we're supposed to be talking about positives here. I'll say this for Kadarius Tony. He probably shouldn't have been out there as much as he was. He is, it was injured all preseason. He didn't get any preseason games and under his belt. Throwing him out there that much was probably a mistake. But again, you're not expecting to go into that game without Travis Kelsey, and he's one of your season guys. Richie James hasn't played very many snaps with this team. You know, he's played no real game snaps with this team. So it's just going to take, I think, some of these guys a little bit to gel. But, my, you know, my advice, because I know Andy Reid watched this podcast and he, he specifically waits for me to give him coaching advice on the NFL. <laughs> As he should. I know you changed third and short. I know they. I know they like. I know they like all these receivers. I, I would pick a core group that you like and just kind of work with those guys. And it's fine if you have a package here and there you want to bring. But like when Pat Pat's dumping it off to Blake Bell and uh, you know running backs, like these guys, he needs to get into a rhythm with them. He needs to understand where they're going to be. And you saw that tonight. Like Ball was a little bit behind a guy. The drops, they're they're not they're not on the same page yet with his velocity. Like they just haven't had the reps that they need. So it, it just I think when we're talking about positives. I think you just need to remember that like you get a lot of new guys running around out there. They're gonna have some growing pains. It's gonna be fine. They're gonna win a bunch of games. I think at the end of the day, you saw why Justin Watson for one is on this roster. I think I think there, there's a takeaway there of Justin Watson. I, I've said time and time again heading into the season, you know, Chiefs fans were upset with Justin Watson saying, you know, where's the upside? What's he bringing to the table? The reason for Justin Watson is he is a you have to be this high to ride, right? If it's a roller coaster, you have to be better than Justin Watson to make to make this team and then to, to, to get some playing snaps, right? To get some snaps in the field and, and actual game action. And, and what do we see from Watson? He was the best wide receiver tonight. I mean, you can say Rasheed Rice, I get all that. Watson had some of the biggest plays, the biggest moments. He drew a huge 40-plus yard pass interference call against him. Justin Watson has a role on this team. How many weeks are we going to sit here and say, Justin Watson was the best wide receiver for this Chiefs team? Three? Tops? I mean, so what you're seeing here is, again, I, I'm trying to, to frame this in an aspect of, you probably saw the worst week in totality of the Chiefs wide receivers. Let's not judge them completely off of one week. Let's have a larger sample size to go from. If you only watched the Colts game last year, you would say the Chiefs fucking suck, right? Yep. But that same team that was two scoops of ass won the Super Bowl. One week does not define you. One week does not define this Chiefs team, and one week does not define this wide receiver room. It was one bad week. Again, I will say it again. We have only this week to go off of. Yeah. But we're looking at a lot of guys. When we look back on this full season, this was their worst week. Yeah. And, and I think part of that, too, so not only obviously the problems with the wide receivers, the running game never got going either. And in the second half of the season, we really took off. The, the running game played well. I'm looking at the box score now. Pacheco. Eight carries, 23 yards. Clyde, six carries, 22 yards. 
Pat, six carries, 45 yards. If Pat is our best rusher by 22 yards and nobody else has more than 25, like that's an issue. It's going to be a lot easier for the defense. So I think that that part of the offensive game plan is going to improve as well because Pacheco will get healthier. I don't expect us to – I hope we don't feature Clyde that frequently. But I mean, if you're going to have Pacheco be the person who catches the most passes and Mahomes is going to be your – highest yards getting rusher you're gonna have problems it, just from from the from the top to the bottom it was a, it was a mess for the offense especially in the second half yeah absolutely look like i said they're they're gonna be fine they're gonna be absolutely fine there were actually it's hard to to find them when you're so frustrated about a, a few plays here and there but again we talked about some of the positives of the defense go look at how many yards per carry the Lions averaged in this game. I believe it was 3.5. Chiefs did a pretty good job in the running game. Again, this is this is a defense playing without Chris Jones. We talked about it in the offseason that we thought maybe this defense had a potential to be top 10. Your line, The linebackers have been sensational. The coverage was pretty good by and large. Now, look, it wasn't exactly murderer's row of wide receivers out there for the Lions outside of Amon Ra, but um, I, the defense, if they had gotten it together on offense – in that second half that we would have been, we'd be sitting here talking about how the defense won them that game when they had a sluggish day on offense and had some bad drops and had a, had a tip ball for a pick six. So um, lots of good things to look forward to. They're going to get refocused. That's a veteran coaching staff. There's a lot of veteran leaders on that team. You saw, I don't know if it was on the broadcast, but Travis Kelsey going nuts. Every time Blake Bell caught a ball, the crowd started chanting Travis Kelsey's name after the Blake Bell touchdown, or the big Blake Bell catch where he shrugged off the, the tackle and, and had the big run. So, and at the end of that game, your quarterback hit Sky Moore in the hands on fourth and 25 and he dropped the ball. Like what sometimes like it's the NFL, man. Like you're not, you don't just blow teams out every week, even when you're the chiefs and some, and the chiefs win a lot of games like this, like we thought they were going to win with at the end of the game. They have the ball. Pat scrambles, Harrison Butker field goal. Hell, that's how they won the Super Bowl. Sometimes, though, you know, sometimes what, what does the guy say in the Big Lebowski? Uh, sometimes you eat the bar and sometimes the bar eats you. Um, <laughs> sometimes the other team, you know, gets you. They're, mm-hmm. they're trying to win, too. But um, I like the Chiefs' chances in these games. And another thing you should take heart in if you're a Chiefs fan and you're watching this is just, like, look over at the comments and look at all the sad, salty fans from, like, every other fan base out there like celebrating like they just won the damn Lombardi because the Chiefs lost a game by one point in September. Um, <laughs> that's got to make you laugh because you you know, like I remember what it was like to be one of those fans because my team was was such trash that like I'd see the Patriots lose, not even to the Chiefs, but like just to anybody. And I'd be like, <laughs> oh, this is great. I'm so I'm so gratified that the the Patriots just lost to the Miami Dolphins. And then like at the end of the year, the Patriots would win the Super Bowl. And I'd be like, my hate for them would just grow. So embrace it, you know, embrace. Because uh, I know it's hard sometimes for fans that during the week after the Chiefs lose, like you just want to shut everything off. You don't want to listen to the national media. You don't want to be on Twitter because you're just annoyed. Just, just, to, just take it all in. Hey, you have no, you have no idea how hard it is being a Chiefs fan when they lose. Yeah. And then I'm also a Mizzou alum and a Mizzou fan, dude. It's just brutal, man. Every single year, I'm like, hey, Mizzou might be better. And then every year, they're like, hey, pal, 
don't get ahead of yourself. We, we're still Mizzou. We'll find a way to lose. Don't you worry. Big game next week. <laughs> Just like <laughs> us. Uh, super chat from Vin Kate Swore Ready. I hey, appreciate you for the super chat. Said, forget the offense. The defense lacked setting the edge in run defense. Missing the shark, not Jones. I, I disagree to an extent. I think the Chiefs defense was, quite frankly, if Chris, let me, let me put it this way if Chris Jones was there and the Chiefs defense gave up 14 points, you'd be thrilled, man. Mm-hmm. You'd be thrilled. The Chiefs defense without Chris Jones. Give up 14 points. I'm thrilled, man. Like that that defensive performance, run defense, pass defense, all of it, I thought was outstanding. That was a defense that heard everyone talking, they're going to be a bunch of bums without Chris Jones. They're brutal. They can't stop anyone. They can't stop a nosebleed. And what did they do? They went out against, again, as I said all week long, the Lions finished as a top five offense last year. They are a good team. Again, I've been trying to give the Lions credit this entire post-game show. They're a good team. They're great on play action. Uh, they have a top-five offensive line in the entire NFL. And the Chiefs defense played great. Sands, Chris Jones, without Charles and Minahu, it was fine. They were really good. That's not the issue. The offense, in my opinion, the offense in Andy Reid bears the entire brunt of the weight in regards to this loss. It is on those two guys. And quite frankly, if you're a Chiefs fan – that should make you feel at least some sort of, of solitude, some silver lining of saying, how often does Mahomes and Andy Reid, how often does the Chiefs offense and Andy Reid lose you a game? Three times a year? Twice a year? You look to that Colts game last year? I mean, seriously, this happens about two or three times a year, and everyone freaks out. And then you come back to earth and say, okay, there's one of the three. There's one of the two. It's yeah. going to be okay. 100%. I mean, that's why nobody ever goes – undefeated right like it's just it doesn't matter how good you are it is a brutal long season and you get weird bounces of the ball and I, i'll credit the lions too like i've seen a lot of games at arrowhead and you know you're playing like a trash team like the raiders and like they make one play and they're running around like it wasn't that the lions didn't celebrate but i just think they're really well coached like mm-hmm. they seem to have their heads screwed on straight when they when they when they made a play, like particularly the way that they played in that second half, you know, they it wasn't flashy. They just tried to hang in the game. I think they were the appropriate amount of aggressive throughout the course of the game. They knew, knew that they were going up against Chiefs and, and the best quarterback on the planet and all those things. But they did a nice job. They kind of like hung with it. They stayed the course. They they played tough defense. They, they didn't make too many mistakes there in the second half. And, and they had a chance to win it at the end. And I thought the big the big turning point for me, and I said it at the stadium, was when the Chiefs ha- had a, a fourth and short and they kicked that field goal. To go yes. Up and I was yeah. just like, I don't like this. You know, you're, you're – and, and sometimes that call, I think, would be the right call. Their defense was playing really well. But if I'm Andy Reid in that situation, I'm thinking about how my offense has been playing all night long. And I'm like, you know what? They've got a really good wide receiver over there. Like, this is pretty good offense. Like, I – I want I want more than a six point lead, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it here. And they were a little too conservative, and this was just one of those times where Mahomes wasn't able to bail them out because, I mean, in my in my view, he bailed them out like three times on that last drive. You know what I mean? Like, and they just didn't catch the ball. Like, what's the man supposed to do? You put him in fourth and twenty five, and he hit a receiver in the hand, like across the field. He was running to his left, I think, right, and he turned and he threw the ball. 
And it, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Like it almost, it's almost hard to get mad because like it's frustrating, but you watch like the more I think about that play, I'm like, well, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? Like sometimes like remember we lost that game to the, when uh, Matt Moore started for the chiefs and we lost to the Packers and like the chiefs were in that game, but like Rogers made some ridiculous throw in the red zone. And like, sometimes you're just like, I don't know, man, like what are, what are they supposed to do? <laughs> so, you know, the chiefs just, um, they shot themselves in the foot too many times and they got to clean some things up and they got to get a little bit consistent on offense. They'll get Kelsey back. They'll, uh, I think they'll win next week. I think they will. Before we get out of here, uh, three super chats I want to hit right here. One from Diego, uh, Diego Alonzo. Appreciate you. Says, as a Broncos fan, uh, appreciate you being here as a Broncos fan. We have the Neil Smith connection, right? The Broncos, Chiefs, Neil Smith, we're right there. Uh, as a Broncos fan, the Chiefs have nothing to worry about. You guys had one bad game. Your wide receiver depth may be lacking, but you still have Patrick Mahomes. Yo, appreciate you, Diego. I'm excited, or should I say intrigued, to see what the Broncos look like with Sean Payton at the helm with Russell Wilson. Hearing Sean Payton call out Russell is an intriguing storyline for me, so I'm excited to see that. So appreciate you being here, Diego. Uh, Jared Murphy, appreciate the Super Chat. No message, but Jared, shout out to you. Appreciate you giving back to us. Thank you. It really does mean a lot. And then, again, Vin Cantasuari. Reddy says, Chiefs fan only calls Frank Clark as Shark Clark. All right. Shark Clark. <laughs> well, we're only calling the shark. Appreciate you. That's, that's very nice of you. All right. Before we get out, any final thoughts? Joe, I'll start with you. It feels like Chicken Little, the sky is falling. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. We lost by one point. I'm not worried. It sucks. It stings. But we had every opportunity to win that game, particularly late. Credit to the Lions. Good for them. Glad their fans had a good time. This was a moment where everything went wrong and we lost by the slimmest of margins. So bring on Trevor Lawrence. Bring on Jacksonville. I'm ready to rock and roll. Patrick. Uh, I like it, man. You know, repeating as as Super Bowl champions is hard. Winning every year in the NFL is hard. The Chiefs had a lot of young players on that roster last year that waltzed in and won a Super Bowl. And I think this loss early in the season, I'd rather it's not the first one, but you know what? Good. 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 You got work to do. There's very high standards. So good. You get hit in the mouth. You didn't come out of the gate and go 4-0 or anything like that. Good. You took an L to a good team at home. And I guarantee you, it is not a, a pleasant sight in that locker room right now. Those guys are furious with themselves, furious with each other, uh, particularly the receivers. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a good it's a good, healthy loss for them if they can respond to it. Over the long run, I think they'll be able to look back and say, hey, we learned a lot from that first game against the Lions. And then the other thing I'll say is they got 10 days now before they have to play another game so they can get Travis healthy and uh, lick their wounds. And Andy, we don't need like we don't need 15 running backs and 37 receivers rotating in and out of the game. Like just get in there with Pacheco and McKinnon, you know. Clyde's fine, man. He, he I, I'll give Clyde some credit. He, he looked, he looked okay. How's anybody going to get in a rhythm? You know what I mean? Like you, you, you come in for a play and then you're out for 10 and then you come in for two, like let, let Clyde get into a rhythm. Let him see how those guys are blocking for him. How those, how the defense is attacking. Let, let the game slow down. It's the first game of the year. Let things slow down. I think that was the big thing. They rotated guys just too much and nobody ever really got into a groove. Um, and then, Every day for an hour, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, everybody at the jugs machine. 
it's it's jugs week in Kansas City. Um, get the get the extra sticky gloves. I don't know what they got to do, but um, they better catch the ball next week or they will lose. Some pine tar or something, whatever it takes. <laughs> yep, pine tar. I'll start with this. Let me start with I'm seeing a lot of Juwan Taylor and false start talk. I'm going to start with this. If the refs don't call it, it's not a false start. We saw it with Lane Johnson. We see it with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins in regards to offensive P.I. If they don't call it, it's not a penalty. That's the way the NFL works. You saw Mitchell Schwartz talking about on Twitter saying, hey, you try time and time again as a player to get as much of an advantage as you possibly can. Every single player does this. Until they call it, it's not a damn penalty. So, Jawan Taylor, keep doing what you're doing. But on run plays, try not to be so obvious. Come on now. Now, wide receivers. Just take the bricks off your hands. Unstrap them. Don't eat buttered popcorn. It's going to be okay. In my opinion, I think the Chiefs wide receivers take a huge step forward. This, to me, was a lot of they were in their own dome. They had the yips. Kadarius Tony had the yips. That last drop was a case of, hey, man, I don't want to be out here. Don't put me out here. I'm wide open. Ball hits me right in the hands, right in the midst. He drops it. That's on Kadarius. I get it, but that's a that's a Chuck Knobloch situation going on right there. A Rick Ankeel situation going on right there. Okay, so I'm not a hundred percent worried yet unless this continues. Um, Mahomes looked fine. Defense looked outstanding. Donovan Smith looked really, really good outside of that one penalty. Which again, if you listen to me at all, he's going to look good all season long. But the penalties will still be there. And then the third and short, the fourth. In short, that has to change. My main takeaway is that even with the drops, with everything that happened surrounding this game, if they don't have the absolute worst play calls in the history of sports going on on third and, set, on third and two, fourth and two, third and one, the Chiefs win this game. Okay, they had a second and one that ended up being a fourth and three because of dumbassery. That's why. They were two scoops of ass. Threes, you know what? Fuck it. I'll give it the three scoops. One, two, three. That was three scoops of ass. Okay? That's not going to continue. Those are my main takeaways. All right? Everyone who hung out with us, everyone joining us, everyone who has been commenting, everyone who gave us super chats, we appreciate you guys so, so much. Um, we did the pregame, the halftime, the postgame shows. Everyone here who was here for all three, thank you guys. Uh, all the Lions fans. Fans, sorry, you're not the Chargers. You have more than one. To all of the Lions fans, we do appreciate you being here. Celebrate this. This is a huge, huge step for you guys. A massive step for the Lions. Great win. Chiefs have been there. If you're a Chiefs fan, remember what that was like when you went from Tyler to Thigpen, then Andy Reid came here, and y'all took that next step. When we took that next step, remember that, okay? Lions fans, bask in this. For one week, you're the best team in the NFL. You deserve this. But we're going to have a lot more Chiefs talk coming your way all next week long. So until then, we are out.